Hi, I'm Wendy A, and you're listening to Brief Exchange. Today, I'm chatting with Oliver Williams, a fourth-year student at the University of New South Wales and research assistant at the Public Interest Advocacy Centre. So welcome, Oliver. Thank you for joining me in the studio today. Oh, no worries. I'm happy to be here. It's my pleasure. Um, it's actually really good to have you back here because um, you previously wrote for the Law Society Journal, but um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so yeah, I'm. my name's Oliver John Williams. I'm a proud First Nations man, particularly I have Wiradjuri heritage um, through my grandfather on my mother's side. And I'm studying law and criminology at the University of New South Wales. I'm currently in my fourth year, so one more to go. Very exciting. Um, I'm also working on the Towards Truth project at PIAC, which is basically a project that uncovers past and present policies that affect First Nations people dating back to 1788. So it's a real privilege to work on that because you can learn about your own kind of family heritage as an Aboriginal person as well as uncover some of the past and also present injustices that occur within New South Wales and in some circumstances broader Australia. Um, So yeah, that's a bit about me. Well, that's actually really, really interesting. And it sounds like you're really, you know, you have a really strong passion for social causes and justice. Um, So let's let's start with the, the... basic question of uh, what was your inspirational passion to study law? Sure. So when I was in high school, probably about year 10, I think I studied commerce, which is like all things business, social and kind of political. And I kind of stumbled upon or there was a unit about Aboriginal people and their kind of overrepresentation in the criminal justice system. And while grappling with my own identity, I thought that there was a real need for advocates to kind of voice this perspective to broader New South Wales because growing up, particularly in Sydney, a lot of people aren't really aware of the struggles of First Nations people, particularly in the past. So I find I kind of found a early passion for uncovering truth as well as questioning the laws and policies that are enforced within, you know, New South Wales and Australia. And I kind of found my calling to advocate for change as well as work within the system to kind of achieve better better outcomes for First Nations people. And I think particularly when you are attempting to seek justice for First Nations people in this country, you also indirectly assist other marginalised groups such as low-income earners, asylum seekers, LGBTQI plus people and it kind of, you know, when you help help out your Indigenous population, you can start to see improvements in other aspects of crime and social justice, I think. So that was my kind of calling, I think, towards the law. Yes, and, and it's also why you chose criminology and criminal justice as the other side of your double degree. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's good to kind of understand the factors be- behind why people commit crime and kind of investigate those social reasons for criminal criminal behaviour and, and the factors that go towards offending. 
And I think, yeah, that particularly spoke to my passion for First Nations justice. So you mentioned um, that you're actually at the Public Interest Advocacy Centre at the moment. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what they do and what you do there? Sure. So PX's a social justice organisation and we've got a, a lot of teams including strategic litigation, policy, as well as towards truth, homeless persons, legal service. So basically catering to the public interest that of social causes that can kind of combat the broader issues in society that people are facing, like homelessness, First Nations, justice, as well as we, we do a lot of work around climate change as well. So it's really good to kind of be working for an organisation that has really good social goals and and to push those forward against um, broader New South Wales policy as well as Commonwealth policy and having a really, really equal and and positive minds working together to try and achieve that social justice. So it sounds like you've, you know, they obviously do a variety of different things and really important issues as well. So what are some of the highlights for you so far? I think being able to investigate the past and the history of this country is really, it's my pleasure to do. And whilst you are learning from the research, you can also put out that learning experience for other people and you know as a law student you learn about the black letter law and the and the policy but you never really get that experience or that kind of secondhand wind of what the law produces and the outcomes that it has on people so to be able to actually investigate that as well as put it forward into the form of a website for people to access and to be able to tell their story and to be able to talk about what happened in the past and to be able to say hey like this the history of this country isn't perfect and and here is why and we've got a whole lot of themes on the website such as um, country um, culture and to be able to um, have those sort of pathways you can investigate things such as policing which I'm doing a lot of research for at the moment as well as giving evidence in court and all of these things, they affect Aboriginal people. And to be able to actually do that, investigate that, it's it's honestly a privilege, especially with my experience as an Aboriginal person, I feel like I can voice that. And it's really insane because during my research, I discovered that my great auntie or my pop's cousin was actually the first ever Aboriginal person to run for New South Wales Parliament. And Without like PIAC and the broader research, I would have never known that myself, you know, and, and you can uncover a lot of history, not just for yourself, but for other First Nations people and even non-Indigenous people who go through the website and think, oh, well, I didn't even know that. So to be able to actually produce that and have an effect on the community such as that, it's it's really my privilege and it's something that really drives me to keep pushing forward, I think. So do you find that the work that you do at PIAC, um, you can apply that in your studies or you know, vice versa? Or do you find that, you know, because of your, I guess, degree in criminology and uh, criminal justice and law, do you find that you can kind of use the skills in bo- on both, both sides? Oh, absolutely. You can kind of, with the black letter law, you're applying it and you're arguing one side of it or the other to achieve a specific outcome f- for your client if you're a lawyer. Whereas for research and kind of putting information out there you can kind of question it and say why is things happening in the way that they are 
what is this going to lead to? How are we doing? Th- how are we doing things? And how could we be doing things differently to achieve certain outcomes? Not just for First Nations people, but also other marginalised groups in in the country, and to be able to protect those people, not from not just from themselves, but the idea that these people are facing inherent disadvantage, and and to be able to you know, portray that in the way that we're doing things and within the system, it can it can create an environment where they can achieve things themselves and actually have those opportunities that they can do better and, and get out of the criminal justice system. And I think that's really relevant for the up-and-coming referendum because a lot of Aboriginal people have that inherent disadvantage and they don't have a voice. So to be able to push that forward and to be able to actually voice groups that are marginalised, such as First Nations people, I think is really paramount to our justice system and our system of government. So what do you think is the most important thing that you get to kind of work on? I think there's a lot of important things. Um, I've done a lot of research around water rights and native title as well as criminalisation of Aboriginal people and also, and I think this is the really big one currently, the laws that are enacted by Parliament that don't intend to have a direct impact on Aboriginal communities, but they inherently do because of the way that it, the law or policy captures Aboriginal people, not explicitly, but through the use of police discretion or or in offences that create disproportionate impacts on Aboriginal people. For example, consorting laws where... For, I think it was 46% of all people subju- subjected to a consorting warning are actually of Aboriginal descent. And, you know, it doesn't take a genius to find out that that's really improportionate to our population, which is sitting at around 3%. So being able to kind of voice that perspective and bring that to the forefront of people's minds and that disproportionate impact, well, we're not consciously doing it, but we're doing it in a way that kind of disproportionately impacts First Nations communities. And I think that's probably the most important thing that I can think of. That's really good. That's so important. And I think it's really important to kind of bring that to people's attention because most people would not not be aware of that. Um, Do you find that it's the most rewarding aspect of your job or what's the most rewarding and what do you think is the most challenging aspect? I think the most rewarding part is that I learn something new every day and you go into work and you're, you get given a specific research task or you're preparing research for the database or the website and you come across certain documents that it really like shapes your perspective of the present by looking at the past and by looking at the past you can see how we've come to where we've come to and and particularly how we can change that and how we can move forward to to create better outcomes and what we can do both consciously and kind of think about unconsciously how we're legislating, how we're applying the law and how we're kind of thinking about the effect that the law has on people. And I think a lot of, there's a lot of trauma, which is quite a challenge. And, you know, when you're reading about like second reading speeches and material and academic commentary that was, that has policy and laws that are in the past, it can be the language can be quite triggering, um, but I think it's necessary to note that that was a byproduct of the time, and and we are learning. And in a hundred years from now, I think that 
researchers and legal professionals they'll be looking at what we're doing at the moment with maybe even the disproportionate impact that we're having on first nations communities and think oh they ought to have known that like why why didn't they consider x y and z and i think that's just the passage of time and and how things work and i think whilst looking in the past it's quite challenging and it is a challenge it can be translated into learning lessons i think and being able to analyze the situation in the past it can make for a better future i think and yeah it's a bit of a challenge but i try and i try and navigate it in thinking about it in that way well, it sounds like a really good understanding of all the issues and it's really interesting to hear about all the different aspects of it. Um, so I know that you've also got some practical experience So as a First Nations cadet. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you did? Sure. The CLC New South Wales Cadetship Program was, it was honestly, it was quite life-changing because I met um, my current mentor, his name's Brian John Adard and he's a proud First Nations lawyer and um, to be able to witness as well as observe how First Nations lawyers interact within the community with First Nations communities, I think it's really eye-opening and I encourage not just Aboriginal law students to take this up but also non-Indigenous law students because the amount that you learn about First Nations communities and how the law does actually apply to them it's really good to get that practical experience. And I think particularly doing outreach with CLC New South Wales and particularly Seniors Rights Service where I was seconded is that you learn that you, as a First Nations lawyer or a community lawyer, you're not just expected to be a lawyer, you're also expected to be a psychologist, a counsellor, a social worker, someone's best friend, and, and, and also just be there for the community and... And I think it's really it's a really rewarding job and it's very eye-opening to see how the community is affected, particularly by credit scams as well as um, redress and, and a lot of institutional abuse. It's, it's really eye-opening and you can kind of learn about how, whilst Australia is such a great country, it does have a really checkered and spotted past and the way to learn about that checkered and spotted past I think is to spend time seeing how the law does apply in First Nations communities. It sounds like you got a lot of like rich practical experience so as a law student how different was it for you like did it take a lot of adjustment you know when you were exposed to I guess the practical aspects how did it differ to what you were studying at university? It's it's really funny because the the day that I started, Brian, he said to me, he's like, everything that you've learned up to learn in university up until now, throw it out the window because <laughs> because, because you're gonna see some really real stuff and and it's 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 you don't have you shouldn't have any expectations, but I think it's really good to to see how much different it is within the community. Like you learn about high court judgments and how they apply it as well as appeals and the way that that's worded in court it's got it's got night and day difference to how it works within the community and how um, victims are treated as well as offenders within the community I think once it gets to the stage at law school you're learning about the black letter law and and how it kind of applies in a sense of in court as well as in a academic and theoretical sense. But when you're going into the community, you're seeing it with your eyes and you're seeing the raw, just uncensored and and 
and just pure nature of how the law does actually affect people, not just First Nations people, but also people in general. Like I was able to see and and hear a lot of, about a lot of clients' stories in relation to guardianship, which was really rewarding and and um and yeah, like people people are affected by the law. We like to think of the law as really just and and achieving great out- outcomes, but in reality, people are affected by the law in a way that Parliament doesn't really intend. And I think being able to get that practical experience, hearing from clients as well as hearing from whether it be plaintiffs, defendants, victims, all of the above, I think that it's really valuable to hear their personal and experience because it's nothing compared to law school and and nothing will really pr- prepare you for getting that client-to-client interaction because it's you can't expect anything it's it's just raw and and anything could happen and and it's it's thrilling for a lot of people and and i i honestly i love it because you can learn so much on the job while also being able to make such a a great impact on people i think and what's the best piece of advice that your mentor has shared with you aside from you know throwing everything that you've learned out the door <laughs> I, I think a really good thing is learn how to say no because when you're a young law student you can be whether you're volunteering or you have a paralegal job I think it can be really easy to get overwhelmed and take on too much work and when you get overwhelmed it's really easy to burn out so I think that having a having goals in mind is really good but also having really realistic expectations of yourself I find quite valuable and not to push yourself too hard and you need to look after yourself in this profession I feel because it is very traumatic and you can experience a lot of trauma and I think being able to look after yourself while also keeping that those goals in mind of of having a positive impact on people through day-to-day life I think is really really valuable thing that Brian's taught me and and um yeah he's he's just such an inspiration particularly in the way that he has in the way that he has a positive impact on the clients especially um this one uncle said Brian's not just my lawyer he's my best friend and being able to have that positive impact on people it's really rewarding and this client in particular Brian has achieved really really positive outcomes for this client and and it's really clear and also humbling to see the positive impact that Brian has had on this client and I think it's really important that we have people like that. So you mentioned some really key concepts and I think it's a really good tip to to learn how to say no. Um, As someone who's studying and working at the same time, what advice would you give other people about managing workloads and dealing with stress? I think just having that outlet to do outside of work and university is really positive. Um, for me, I love to go to the gym every day of the week and, and you know, before going to work or uni, it just relieves a lot of that stress that's pent up and and you find yourself feeling relieved and also motivated to attack the day or things that you have on. So I think having that outlet's really the... It's not the answer, but it's a way to deal with things that can keep you on track. Well, you've certainly got a lot, a lot on your plate. So, with your, your experience at the community legal centres in New South Wales and at PIAG, um, what are your plans for the future in terms of the areas that you want to practice in? That's a hard question because I've kind of fallen in to where I am 
like by default i i i'm trying not to think about the future because it's quite intimidating but i think i want to go to the bar i've recently done a clerkship with the bar and i was privileged enough to sit with um justice weinstein in the supreme court as well as judge hopkins in the district court and and also justice pritchard of the land environment court and having that experience across all the different courts I think court's a place that I want to be and and I know I said earlier that court isn't a place where you know you can't can see the client being impacted and and you can't you can't see the effect of what actually happens to the client inside the court but I think being able to translate the issues within the community into a sense of court which is pretty much the only way or one of the only ways we have to achieve justice for a client in a legal sense I think that being able to do both to be able to go out into the community and get facts and also be able to talk to clients and what they want to achieve and be able to translate that into a court setting I think is really valuable and I think I'm going to practice for a bit as a lawyer before I go to the bar naturally and I think being able to have that experience with the client before you become a barrister will be really important but at the end of the day, I'm not really sure what the future holds. I'm definitely going to get admitted as a lawyer and I really have strong sense of an idea that I want to go rural and particularly at Broken Hill or any area around the far west. I think there's a massive need for First Nations clients and especially within the criminal justice system. And I think to be able to, you know, go back with the aunties and uncles as well as um, the brothers and sisters on country where they've grown up and where they've they've known to live and where they've really received the the harsh end of the stick with colonization I think to be able to achieve a better outcome for them within the criminal justice system would be really rewarding for me because I know with my grandfather there was a lot of stuff that could have been done differently with him and 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 guidance particularly through the criminal justice system as well as through boys homes that I think that he wasn't able to access and and to be able to go out to country and and be able to do that with some of the other first nations people that are um struggling with the system i think would be very rewarding um I th so that's probably my plan after i graduate and then yeah as i said maybe go to the bar maybe do more rural work i really got no clue to be honest I <laughs> I just yeah I just kind of want to have be able to have a positive impact on people and I think that's what the law is about and that's why I kind of chose the legal profession. And that's a fantastic aspiration so finally what advice would you give other law students law graduates and early career lawyers about pursuing your passions and a career in law? Well I can't give graduates advice because I haven't graduated yet but <laughs> um I think earlier law, like earlier law students as well as students in high school, I think stick true to yourself and and what you really want to achieve with doing law and as well as with studying in general. I think law is a massive commitment and it's it's brutal. It's a brutal profession, and I think being able to stick true to yourself and your real desires about where you want to go and who you want to be, and and just having that drive to be able to have that positive impact that you want to have, I think is a really good goal to have front center in mind. And, and I think just, yeah, looking after yourself is another big one. Like, um, we're not here forever. And I think that it's really important that 
while you're studying law or, or when you're graduating that you're enjoying the now and, and you're not worried about the future because when you're constantly worried and anxious about the future, you're not having a good present which will innately affect the future. So I think that being able to reflect and have a, a goal in mind and being present and looking after yourself is something that I wish I have done more of, but I think that I'm learning and we're all learning. And I think even high court judges are still learning. And, and I think that's just the process and enjoying the process is something that we all need to learn how to do and, and, and lo loving ourselves. So, um, so yeah, that would be my advice, I think. Well, that's fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Oliver. Thank you, Wendy. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Brief Exchange. Today's episode was hosted by me, Wendy Yang. Brief Exchange is a production of the Law Society of New South Wales. Executive producer is Francesca Silva and editing and mixing by Henry Ear. You can find new episodes each month with the Debrief newsletter or you can listen to previous episodes on lsj.com.au. See you next time.